I'm Kim Strobel, and this is She Finds Joy. I've struggled with overcoming adversities throughout my life, feeling defeated and not having the confidence to go after what I wanted. But within every adversity, it can also sow the seed for something more in our lives. For me, that is teaching others to step into the arena of bigness, all while doing hard things and reaching for more joy and happiness along the way. I'm a truth-telling, real-talk happiness coach who believes in giving you the tools to create a life you love. Welcome to the zero fluff, no BS advice that gives you the small steps for big joy. Welcome to the She Finds Joy podcast. And I'm just going to say, I know that so many of the episodes are kind of focused on women who are ready to what we call find their joy while overcoming hard things. But I always get really excited when I can bring um, not just a woman on the show, but also a man's perspective on things. And I know that you men sometimes are like, Strobel, I want more episodes that are also focused on men. So today I'm going to be introducing you to two new friends of mine. Their names are Tarsha and Stanley Davis, and I'm going to tell you how I met them last year. My husband and I were on an adult-only vacation in Cancun at this beautiful, luxurious resort, and I study people. This is why I'm a happiness coach. You know, I just cannot help but walk around, and I, I look at people, and I just, I'm really good at reading their body language, and we had gone up to dinner on the second floor. And there was this couple in this pool each time we went to dinner. And my first thought was, isn't that like, they look like they're really enjoying themselves. Just the two of them. They're up there in that pool all of the time. They don't have a bunch of friends around them. They're laughing, they're smiling. And I remember walking by you guys and just saying hi. And we struck up a conversation and literally, I think it was the second conversation. It just took off to this friendship. Do you guys remember that? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yesterday. (laughs) And now it has evolved into this friendship where they're very focused on creating strong relationships and strong marriages. And they both really believe that lasting happiness can and should be the goal of every marriage. And they actually started a, a brand, you guys, called Married alive, which I freaking love. And I mean, just tell us just for those who are like slow to the game here, you guys, welcome to the show, but tell us what is, how did you form married alive? Thank you. (laughs) Well, the funny thing about it is uh, we have two kids, our son, our oldest, um, Stanley, the second is uh, he's 23 years old. And he was, he was like, mom, dad, you guys really should do something. I mean, you should do something on Instagram. Um, and we both were like, ah, you know, whatever. Well, one day, one, one night we were out on one of our, uh, dates mm-hmm. and we, we were talking about it. We we're like, well, what should we do? You know, maybe we should start taking some pictures some selfies of ourselves. Um, and then we started talking about names. Well, what should we call it? Uh, we came up with the stupidest name, mm-hmm. some of them. Um, and some people might think married alive is stupid, but we came up with married alive because it was a play on buried alive. We were like, you know what? Marriage should be, you should be married and alive. Who wants to be buried alive? And you know, the whole narrative of being of the ball and chain with marriage. Um, so we were like married alive. That's the that's the perfect thing. We'll that's what we want to portray, how to be married alive, because that's what we've been for um coming up on 25 years. Absolutely. Yeah. 
25 years. And I can't wait in, to get into the backstory of this, but I love your post on Instagram. Um, now, I'm not going to say that my husband, Scott Strobel, is as fired up about the post as I am because I will run to him and I'll be like, look, look what they posted today. See, we're supposed to have these deep conversations. We're supposed to ask each other the hard questions. And I've talked to you a little bit about this, Tarsha, because in my own marriage, as wonderful as I feel that it is so much of the time, and I definitely feel like it's a married, alive marriage. Um, gosh, darn, sometimes we just keep running into like the same roadblocks. And for Scott Strobel, who was raised in this quiet, reserved, we don't talk about our crap feelings. Um, and I continue to push him on that so that we can get to more emotional intimacy. You and I talked about that, Tarsha, a little bit. Um, yeah. you actually resonated more with Scott and, and I think Stanley and I maybe are like more like, let, let's really get down to the deep and dirty of this. Is that a fair statement, Stanley? That's fair. <laughs> so, yeah, so you, you are see, a good read of people. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but I'm also, you know, I do straight talk on this podcast and I hope my perception is wrong, but as I interview people and as I listen to their conversations, I don't feel like there's a lot of people who are happily married, you guys. And mm -hmm. do you have a different experience with that? No, we don't. As a matter of fact, we, we talk, um, you know, we have conversations about the, the, the family and friends that, you know, we've, we've been to their weddings right. um, and we've been for, there for them as a part of their divorce, you know, um, too many. Too yeah. many. So yeah. I, I think you're right. We've experienced the same thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's people like a lot of mine um, are people who are still married, but like they literally, they don't like the person they're living with. Um, they stay for the kid's sake. They, or maybe they don't want to divide finances, but they're, they're just in, in less than fulfilling marriages. And I'll be the first to say that I thought my husband and I's marriage was going south multiple times. And, you know, this is my second marriage and I'm thankful that it's lasted almost 20 years, but there have been some really hard times that we've had to work through. But for, for me, one of my values in life is that like, I just don't believe in a good enough anything. Like mm. I never just want to be a good enough mom. I don't want to mm. have just a good enough marriage. I don't want to run just a good enough business. I want to, I want to reach exceptional a whole lot of the time. And I think that we aren't taught how to do that in relationships or that we are actually after 20 years, you guys, 25 years, that you're still allowed to reach for those, that excellence in your marriage where it feels good a lot of the time. Right. Yeah. You said some key things. The first thing that I heard was work through um, because we definitely, we smile a lot. We laugh a lot. Yeah. Um, in our Instagram posts, you'll see a lot of smiling and, you know, trips and things like that. But just like you said, we've had our ups and downs. We've had a lot of downs, a lot of years, especially the, the beginning years to where um, we kind of thought we weren't going to make it either. Well, I never thought that. I won't go that far. Um, how, however, I, I do think there's a a mindset um, that has to be entered into marriage, it's, it's not the ending. You know, you haven't reached the finish line just because you have a wedding day and you get married and you start having kids. You know, in fact, it's like graduating from college. That's when the work begins. It's, it's not a finish line. So having that mindset 
of evolving, growing, um, improving, even by 1% a day, uh, you can then look back years later and say, oh, wow, I can remember when we were this, or I can remember when you didn't do this, or I did this. Yes. All the time, some of these words that are, are thrown out. Um, I, I think you, you really have to understand that it's not a finish line that you're getting into. And you have a commitment to actually stay there and do that because love takes a break. And when it does, you, you're going to need a little bit more. Yeah, I think that's so true is, you know, I think that I work really hard on myself. And of course, I, I've worked with a counselor and did a lot of self inner work because I want to be a better version of myself for myself, but I want to be a better version of myself for Scott. Um, and we laugh sometimes too, when we look back and go, gosh, we used to, this, this used to turn into a three-day argument and now we just kind of cuss at each other and then we laugh. It's over. <laughs> right, Two right. minutes tops. Right. Yeah. It's right. good. You know, it's like, feels so much better. Um, yeah. Yeah. But there was something that you said to Stanley that I think is, is really important is, you know, you said it's really about work. Um, and before I get into that, that's what I wanted to say. Did you know the happiness research says that when we get married, because you're talking about kind of the getting married part, that when we get married, we get a boost in happiness for about two years. Mm -hmm. And then our happiness level goes back to baseline or, or for some of us, it gets worse. Lower. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but the happiness research actually says there are things that we can do after the two year mark to, to be more intentional, to get those lifts so, so that we don't have to be like, Oh, we're just not as fulfilled anymore. Cause we hit the two. Like I feel really fulfilled in my marriage in a way that I never have before 20 mm -hmm. years in. And I'm not saying I didn't want to smack him around last week or something, you know, right. I never want to be like sunshine and butterflies over here, but I do, but I, I think it's because I'm intentional about the work. And I, I heard you say the work, Stan. Yes. What does that mean? People listening, what, what, what does the work look like in your marriage, folks? What does that look like? Well, for me, it, it's more so about listening than it is talking. And, and that's and, hard, so, Stanley. Yeah, when, I, when I say listening, you know, you can hear people and not interrupt them and they may think you're listening, but to listen and actually change or migrate closer to their point of view, their desires, some of the things they would like to see from you, what, what really floats their boat, so to speak, you know, that that's the part of the work, right? Because you hear it. Now I listen to it and I say, okay, well, can I see myself from where she's saying I am. And it, that takes uh, a lot of work to be able to look at yourself from a third person point of view, not you yourself, but someone else or a second person point of view and say, you know what, she's right. You know, I, I can get better at that. And I won't be perfect tomorrow, but at, at least I want to show that I'm working or trying to get better at, you know, what, whatever. It could be something as simple as, well, I don't leave clothes around a place, but it could be something simple um that really to the person that you're in a relationship with is reciprocated to as well so if she's able to see through my actions that i'm listening hearing her trying to do something a little different come closer to, to the mark whether you know wherever that is then chances are she will hear me too as well and try to do that 
And so there are some things individually that, that we work on. And then there are some things from a couple perspective that we work on too as well, whether that's, you know, socially, whether it's vacation, how we parent, how we approach, you know, so that's a little bit about what the work could potentially look like. Does that make sense? It, it does. And so what I want to know is, so I'm, I'm trying to give a concrete example here and I'm thinking about, so Tarsha, is it a fair statement to say that when something is bothering you, um, because this can be very hard for people to do, men or women, but when something's bothering you, do you have the courage to have the conversation and tell, are you safe enough to tell Stan, hey, this is something that's really bothering me? You know what? That's a good question <laughs> because yes, but not all the time. Um, you know, it ebbs and flows. I, I definitely have the, the, the courage, uh, the safe space. And, and we talk about everything and anything. We actually started out um, a game that we started in, in college talk, talking about hypothetical uh, before we ever got married. You know, hypothetically, if we had kids and, you know, they wanted to go to the mall and you didn't, you weren't trusting them, what would you do? You know, we started playing hypothetical situations way before we ever started getting married um, or thought about getting married. But then as our relationship has evolved, we started creating these trust, you know, pockets, if you will, to be able to say, hey, okay, when I, when I feel some way about something, whether it's my body, what I'm eating, if I'm, you know, if it's the house or work, um, I'd like the safe space to be able to just talk about it because, you know, X, Y, Z. And then sometimes, sometimes I feel like, you know what, I've been talking about that for so long. I'm not going to bog him down with that. So that's right. why I say yes. And not all the time. Um, but I definitely have a, um, a safe space and he does too. Uh, and when it comes to, I'd like to kind of make a comment of what he was saying about the work, you know, how you know, the work you do, you love, you know, and, and the work we do, we, we enjoy and love it. And when you know, you've got work to do, you desire to do a good job. You know, you desire to do a good to do a good job for yourself, for your company, for the people that you're supporting. So when it comes to listening, you know, we don't listen just to make our point. We do listen to actively be better for one another, to understand where the other one's coming from, because we still, even 30 years into our relationship, we still have different perspectives based on where we grew up, you know, our parents' difference and you know, the the, the regions from where we come from. So uh, but we desire to be the best for each other. I think you said that earlier in your in your prelude. You know, you desire to be the best of everything. You know, the best right. mother, best wife, everything. So that work we approach with joy because it's what we want to do. You know, we want to be together. You know, I think the hard part, and I I can mirror so much of this in my own marriage is we go to defensiveness so fast when a problem is brought up. I know I do it. I know Scott does it. And it's like, when you go straight into reactionary mode, which is natural, we understand that, but it almost shuts down your brain's ability to like, really listen. Like Stan was saying what that means to listen to. I, I like how he said that, you know, I'm going to try to see if I can shift my perspective to understanding what you're saying. And I know for Scott and I, we've had to work on creating a little tiny bit of space between what I'm getting ready to say or what you're getting ready to say and how I can really receive that without 
because he would say, oh, Kim, as soon as I say something, you automatically say, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Or I'm not, you know, or vice versa, instead of like taking a moment to go like, okay, let me just see if I can try to understand and what that does. And I'll tell you, we're still working on it because it is hard, but like, I know one of the things that I'm really proud of. And I, I think you guys said that too, Tarsha, like you look back and you're proud of the progress that you've made, but like with Scott, he has a super, like he gets triggered really easily when anything, it can be the smallest thing like, babe, I just cannot handle that these socks and these shorts have been on our closet floor for five days. Like, and I would even try to say it like in the nicest freaking way. And he is so mild mannered, but it would just piss him off, you know? And so like, we had to really work on, and, and I was so proud of him the other day because like, he's had to learn that there are just some weird things about the way his wife's brain works that like, yeah. it doesn't drive him crazy, but like, it makes me freaking crazy to see those clothes on the floor. And so I had to laugh this morning, you guys, because I've been dealing with this like for four days and <laughs> all the pent up energy. So I just went into the bathroom today and I'm like, I'm just going to tell you, I'm going absolutely crazy. I can't get your shorts on the, I can't get <laughs> you know, and, and I, and I did it in like a way that was like, this is just your crazy ass wife, but I need you to pick this up. And you know, right. he goes, he goes, okay. I get it, you know? And I was just like, wow, what progress? Like one, I can say it without feeling so scared that he's going to get ticked off. And two, that right. instead of getting ticked off, he goes, okay, I'll get it picked up. You know, it's yes. such a small thing, but like that relieves tension in the marriage when you can it do does. that. It does. And you know what, to, to me, that is when you just, the example is an example of expectations. Now he expects, because you say, look, this is just the way my brain works and that's the way it's going to be. And he says, okay, it's an expectation. We have, we do the same thing. We, his, his, his pet peeve is he's like you, Kim, he loves the bed to be made. I'm, I'm of the mindset that I'm getting back in it. So if I don't make it today, okay. But, but I know that that's what he that, you know, that's very important to him. So I'll make the bed, even if he's not home and I know he's coming home because that's the way he's wired. Um, yeah. And it's just the expectation. We know it's something that we've come to expect and accept. With I one love that. You and Scott Strobel are so much alike. Here's how we <laughs> solve the bed thing. Okay. So like, I have to have the bed thing too, because like every time I walk in my bedroom throughout the day, I, I'm going to feel good if that bed's made. I won't see that sloppiness. So yeah. our rule is whoever gets out of bed last has to make it. Ah, and okay. it's almost always him. Yeah, <laughs> that would be him too. Then our rule is if you get up to go to use the restroom and it's past time to get up, the bed may be made when you come back. That's right. Because <laughs> I'll jump out of the bed and make it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So yes, I want to know, like, because I I get it. There's a lot of people who are listening to this. And I don't want people to feel bad when they say, I can see myself in that first scenario, Kim, that you described where I'm really, truly not fulfilled in my marriage. I don't feel that it's exceptional. A lot of the time, I don't feel connected to my husband. Um, and, and I want us to be really real. Like you guys were saying, it's, it's not easy work. And I'll be the first to say that sometimes it's not even like, sometimes you do need to check out, like 
you know, if you're going to save your soul or save your marriage, I'm going to tell you to save your soul every Mm -hmm. single time, (laughs) you know? Um, but it's also understanding that if we're going to have these great relationships, if that is a core value to who we are, that there are things that we can both begin to do to make some headway on that. And so what would you say to people right now who are just like, gosh, I, I don't even know where to begin. I don't, I don't, I know I don't have this, but I would like a little more of it. Where do people start? I mean, what do you think? Hello, everyone. I want to pop in here and tell you about the Happy Academy that launches in May. Back when I was struggling with so many things in my life, I found a secret that changed my life and caused a major breakthrough. What is that secret? Well, I found coaches, courses, and programs to guide me. And I started investing in me because I believe I am my greatest investment towards reaching my full potential. I want to invite you to join me for the Happy Academy, where I will teach you how to overcome the obstacles that are holding you back and give you strategies that will help you tap into the person you are meant to be. If you don't step forward with the confidence, believing in the power of your dreams, you risk sitting on the sidelines your whole life. Let me tell you something. Your playing small doesn't serve the world. The world needs your magic. Your time is now. And the world and you can't wait any longer. Go to strobeleducation.com forward slash the dash happy dash academy and get on our wait list so you are the first to know when it launches this may that's a great question i'll I'll just say one thing i i think the the best place to start is to stop comparing your relationship to anyone else that's the best place to start and and go from where you are now tarsus is probably gonna be able to get more specific than that but i'm a concept guy right so Stop comparing your relationship to others, what you wished, hoped, or dreamed, because what, what you have is what you have. And, and then, um, you know, start to co- converse. Mm-hmm. You know, start to converse and start from where you are. Um, that would be my take on that. And that was where exactly where I was going, was have those, start talking. Just sit down and start talking. If you need a glass of wine to do it, if you need some French fries, if you need a beach, you know, or if you just need to be in, you know, in in your bedroom where it's quiet. Um, We talk a lot. We drive a lot. Um, Even when we were in college, we drove back and forth because we didn't go to the same colleges. Um, So we had a lot of time to talk. And those conversations um, really make the biggest difference in getting to know the character of your mate, of your spouse. And I think that's, the, that's a part of the reason why some of, even with our, some of our friends or, or family members that were unhappy in their marriage before their divorce, their expectations weren't being met because they didn't, they had never taken the time to really understand the character of their mate or either thought they thought they were going to change it. Right. Can't change people. (laughs) Right, right. Ain't that the truth? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. you can't change people. You can only change yourself. Right. That's what my counselor always says. You can't change Scott Strobel. You can only change yourself. And sometimes I'm like, but I'm tired of working on myself so much. 
I right. need him to go to the counseling sessions, which he's been to a few, but you know, that's a real hard thing for Scott Strobel. And it would be and he, just so easy for him to change. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know how this, yeah, exactly. So yeah. I hear you. And I think like you guys are so comfortable with talking. It's just a natural yeah. thing about you all. And I was actually listening to Will Smith's book recently. I don't know if you guys read his memoir that came out. I heard about it. I haven't read it yet. So he yeah. he and Jada, he said they still to this day, they'll spend five to seven hours sometimes just talking and debating. And yeah. I'll just be honest, I'm not married to a man who would want to talk to me for like you guys do. Like he he's it's just hard for him. And so I can get him to talk about things because I'm a pusher. But I know there's a lot of people think like thinking even when they go out to dinner, what do they do? They talk about their kids. They talk about. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that has helped me is um and, and for those of you who are like i don't even know how to start this conversation um maybe you go out to dinner or for scott and i we started uh we don't do it right currently right now but we started like a nightly ritual where we would share a cup of tea in a room that didn't have a tv mm. and and then we would use this app and it's called card decks from john gottman you guys heard of it yes yeah so it's free and it's really fun because you can open it up and it will say like, okay, here's like open-ended questions or here's date questions or sex mm -hmm. questions. And so I would open it up because it's a little bit light, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I would just like pose a question and it, it felt goofy at first. I'm not going to lie, yeah. um, but it started to get like a natural flow and it started to help us kind of peer into each other's lives in ways that we hadn't before. Because when you're dating, you're in that get to know you stage and you, and you mm -hmm. tend to think that once you know the person that you're done dating, but I know you guys have this thing where you, you're, you date each other for life. Like you're still dating yes. each other, right? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Cause the, the yeah. Tarsha you married almost 25 years ago, Stanley is way different. Isn't she now? Absolutely. Like a fine wine, much better. <laughs> But, you know, I think like having something to start the conversation when you're so not used to being able to do that with each other and yeah. guys, I'll drop that app in the show notes too. Um, but that's one place that, that I've gone for, for conversation starters. Yes. And that, you know what, that brings to mind, Kim, something so important when you're starting something, just like if you're starting a new job or a new exercise program, the first few days, the first maybe few months feel so awkward and you feel out of place. You feel like you don't know what you're doing. You feel goofy, like you, you said goofy. Uh, but you know, when you keep going, when you keep, you know, continue doing it, you get more comfortable with it. You know, our habits, I heard someone say recently that our habits uh, form formulate who we are. You know, they're, they're, they're little votes for who we ultimately become. And if we create the habit of not talking, not communicating, then we are non-communicators. If we create, start creating the habit of communicating, we're casting a vote for being communicators. Um, so building habits may be tough, you know, it may be tough at first, but if you keep going, like I said, use something like the like the card deck. That's perfect. You know, whatever it is, and we also feel like common ground. So, um, Stan was a football player in college, and just so happens that I did grow up a football fan, but I didn't know much about it. But I became immersed in football 
because that was his thing. So we share football together. Um, now, we, if you follow our Instagram page, we play fantasy football, we, we collect NFL jerseys, you know, but those types of things help us to uh, create conversation because we don't, you know, people are like, what the hell do you talk about all those hours? Yeah. Well, sometimes we're talking about who to put in our fantasy lineup. <laughs> <laughs> and for those guys who watching, it runs both ways. I, my wife sold Mary Kay for 10 plus years. I know everything there is to know about basic skincare. It's not rouge, it's cheek color. I know about eyeliner versus <laughs> mascara. So yes. there. Yes. yes. But I think that's an important point. Taking an interest in something that your partner has a passion for is important. Not in everything, right? But like right. in certain things that... I could see where that's a building block to, to so much of the fun that you two have now. And I know you talk about building blocks and I, I, I want to ask that question. What are the building blocks for a lasting marriage that is happy and feels good? What, what are those for you guys? Oh man, the first one has to be uh, for us having something to look forward to, which is how we met you awesome people. Um, we try to make it, um, a point to go to Mexico to, for, to celebrate our anniversary every single year. We celebrate everything. Um, that's that's one. Of, <laughs> that's one of the foundations of our happiness is celebrate everything from birthdays to the first time we kissed to the first time we met. Our kids' birthdays are celebrations for us, not just them. Um, you know, we we celebrate at literally everything because when you have something to look forward to it creates that anticipation and excitement, you know, just like the wedding. You yes. build up all that anticipation and excitement for your wedding day. And you're able to, I'm surprised that that the happiness research says that you're happy for two years after that. Right, because generally it's after the honeymoon. <laughs> like now what, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, well, let me build off of that for a minute. And then I want to hear the next one. But um, it's now that you say that. So I know like when Scott and I leave a vacation, it's like, I'm so sad. I used to be so sad, like it's over. And, but what we do is we just start talking about the next one. But this is another, and Charlie Martin is my counselor. I say his name all the time. But he said, you and your partner years ago, y'all need to get away. Even if it's for one night, you need to get away every quarter. So you have yeah. something to look forward to and you take that space together. So that's right on par with counselor Charlie. What's another building block? Well, and, for, and while you're there, before you move on, for those who can't get away, you know, it can be a, a weekly, um, let's take a list of the coffee shops in our area other than Starbucks and let's visit a coffee shop. Let's let's take um, some of the wine wine places, new wine stores. Let's go have a glass of wine at a place we haven't been. You know, so it can be something other than birthdays, anniversaries, things to look for in terms of celebrating. And it doesn't have to be, if it's no, cost prohibitive, right. we can right. get creative with how we can do that. Absolutely. Exactly. I'm really glad you park. brought that up. Yeah, now, it's like a coffee date at this at this shop, a dinner out or a, a hike to the nearby park. Those just being intentional about spending time with each other off of the damn phone, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yes. And if you have small kids, we don't, we have the luxury of having older kids now that don't need us around. But when we had smaller kids, you know, we took advantage of them going to sleep. You know, when they went to bed, that was the time when we would do something, you know, creative just there at the house, you know, even if it was nothing but watch a movie together. Right. So, you know, it's, it's about creating ways to find things to look forward to. Yeah. Yeah. I love yeah. that. So then that second, the second one, um, is relax and enjoy. And 
that's our um, that that's our hashtag for creating an environment of that, like you were saying, the safe space to to say what you feel, you know, and to to really bring up something um, that may not necessarily be pleasant. But our home is a place where it's, it's refuge for us. Um, our friends are refuge and enjoyment for us. So relaxing and enjoying life, you know, our kids grew up fast. And I hear people say all the time, oh, I remember when they were little, I wish they were little. I don't. I love every stage and I love saying goodbye to every stage. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the start of a new chapter. Absolutely. Yes, 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 exactly. So relaxing and enjoying. You have to relax and not take things too seriously, um, especially those small things like beds not being made and clothes being left on the floor, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and don't you think that a lot of people do just put their marriage on the back burner while they're raising their kids because it, they just don't, it's like, oh, I'm in this raising kid mode. So I'm no longer really a, like, I see that happen a lot in marriages where they're, they're not giving the due diligence. And I know for Scott and I, when Spencer left and went to college, oh my gosh, I mean, I was so incredibly sad. I, I just, you know, he was my only one and I felt a lot of anxiety about him living, leaving. And I did feel sad, but I remember the night he left, Scott and I went and enjoyed a glass of wine on the deck. And I also had the reciprocal feeling of like, I really, really love this guy I'm stuck with. Like yeah. I really enjoy him. So I'm going to be okay. He's not a stranger to me after 18 years. Like, you know, because we were committed to spending time together without our kids throughout the marriage. Yes. yes. Yep, exactly. And, you know, I, I cringe sometimes to hear people say that I'm a mother first and then, you know, or describe themselves, you know, what are, I'm a mother, you know, I'm a wife, I'm a wife first, you know, Stan talked about it at the beginning um, about the mindset and the, and then you also talked about doing everything, doing everything not, is not good enough to be just good enough. When I came into marriage, I knew my parents divorced when I was 16. And I knew then that my marriage was not going to be just good enough. It was not going to be just the, you know, ball and chain or uh, this, the status quo. My marriage was going to be fantastic. So my mindset was of, hey, the, the man that I marry, we're going to have a blast, a ball every single day. And we're going to be husband and wife first. And because of that, we're going to raise the most awesome kids in the world. They're going to have the best life. And, you know, if you interview them now, they may say, they may have a few negative things to say about their parents, but overall, they'd probably say that, that, uh, that, that awesomeness, that awesome life has happened. Um, and they would also recognize that it has a lot to do with what we've created, um, between the two of us. You know, and what so. a gift that is that, that they have been raised to understand that they are not the end all be all for you all that actually the two of you come first and that marriage in that institution is so important. And because of that, they have benefited from that. It is also not good for kids to think that, you know, I don't think it's good for kids to think that they come first all the time. It's just not even healthy. Right. But they won't I, think it if, you if you remind them every day. Exactly. <laughs> I, and I really think maybe we should bring the kids on here for a podcast episode. Wouldn't it be fun to get their perspective 
on, mm-hmm. okay, because because we don't always give credit to knowing that our kids really are watching. They're really watching right. us, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to the point of when Stanley mentioned to us, you know, hey, you guys should start an Instagram page, you know, about your relationship. That made me think like, oh, wow, he's, you think enough of our relationship to think that we have something worthy for other people to (laughs) want to hear about. (laughs) And I I love that because I also think that sometimes it's like, because so people, so many people are struggling, we're sometimes afraid to celebrate what we have good that is going on. But in fact, the more you celebrate it, the more people understand this is something that's worth working towards and striving for. And so I'm going to tell all my people, you need to follow at Married Alive, and I'll put it in the show notes for my Instagram. Um, just, I just, again, for me, it just makes me think, it makes me refocus. Like I know you posted something a few weeks ago and I was thinking of, I was had to deal with a little bit of a sticky situation and I, I needed to talk to Scott about it. And you posted something that, because I'm a little fiery and I can kind of react really fast to things. No. And so, and so I was getting ready to hit it head on in the Kim Strobel way. And then I can't remember what it was, but y'all posted. And I was like, oh, okay, wait a minute. I got to step back here a minute. This is good advice. Let me center in on this. And it changed how I went to approach the situation. So like those little reminders mean a lot, you know? And so for anybody- who, who wants to check that out? I, I think you guys are doing a really great job of, of keeping it real, but you're celebrating what it can mean to have happiness in your marriage. And I appreciate that about both of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You know, when you're, when you're a lighthouse, that that's our goal is to be a lighthouse because when you're a lighthouse, you can help create other lighthouses. And, you know, the, the goal of lighthouses are to lead people out of trouble and also to guide them into better situations. So that's all we hope to do uh, with our Instagram account and um, the future of our, of our brand that's, uh, that's being formulated with a lot of help from our son. Yes, <laughs> that's yes. That's the goal of what we're doing here. And maybe even eventually a book, you know, like, yeah, could be. I mean, <laughs> those things are needed. Um, and I know we'll have to probably do a follow-up to this. I can't wait to get the reviews back from people because if you want to hear more, you guys know, I want to hear from you about this episode, because I know that there's 17 other topics that we could discuss. Um, and I think this is important to do our due diligence and just, you know, really bring to light that an exceptional relationship is something worth striving for, no matter how many years you've been married. Absolutely. That's right. Oh gosh, guys, thanks for your time tonight. And just for being real and vulnerable with my audience. Well, we appreciate you saying what you do is so important. She's, she finds joy is, um, I I think it's something that we just, we need in the world. You're, you're definitely a lighthouse and uh, we're honored to, to be here on your show with you and we'll come back anytime. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me on the She Finds Joy show today. I'm so honored that you chose to listen to this episode. As always, this conversation will be continued in my free private Facebook group called She Finds Joy. You can join that group by going to kimstrobel.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other people just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we drop a new episode every other Wednesday. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use, 
and subscribe so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to kimstrobel.com forward slash review. That will put you in Apple Podcast where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down just a little bit, you can leave a five-star review and write a few sentences letting me know what you thought. It's so very important to get people to leave a review for my podcast. The reviews help me get higher on the iTunes list, and that will show up when people are searching for a new podcast, and it will really help us get new subscribers. So if I could ask one little favor for you just to go to kimstrubble.com forward slash review, give us a review and give us a comment and let us know what's been helpful. Thank you so much for listening in. I am really honored to be a part of this community with you.